John chapter number 15. And uh, I do pray that uh, we will be back in the book of Romans next Sunday as we start the month of July. We'll get back into Romans chapter number four. Uh, but for today, I want to want to speak uh, about something that is, um, I guess you could say, maybe even elementary in the Christian life. Um, and that is being a, a, a fruitful Christian. Um, we Sometimes we need to pause and get back to the basics. And I think um, this is a great opportunity to do that as we look at John chapter number 15 and get back to the basics. Um, and so if you would look at John chapter 15 and verse number eight is what we're going to look at. And then we're going to study this passage of scripture. John 15 and verse number eight, the Bible says this, herein is my father glorified. Now, as we read that, that should get our attention, shouldn't it? I mean, do you want to glorify the father? He's been so good to us, amen? He's done so much for us. And so when we read herein, in this way, the father is glorified, we should pay attention. That ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit, so shall ye be my disciples. This morning, I want to preach on the subject, be a fruitful Christian. Be a fruitful Christian. Let's go to him in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, once again, we're thankful for you. We're thankful that we can come to your house and worship you. And Father, see, uh, Lord, in this passage of Scripture that herein, in these things, Lord, you are glorified. And we should, that should be a desire of all of our hearts this morning, if we are believers, to glorify you with our lives. Father, I pray that you would help us to, uh, Lord, just to get back to the basics this morning and see some things that we've been taught really our whole Christian life but some things that we need to be reminded of. God, I need you this morning. I pray that you would just fill me and that you would give me the words to say because your people that have come to your house today need to hear from you. They desire to hear from you. And so God, we ask that that would be the case and that ultimately you would be glorified, that you would be lifted high because you are worthy of it. It's in Jesus' name that we pray these things. Amen. You may be seated. How many in here would say they are professional gardeners? I'm looking for this. Where's the pride? We're going to talk about pride now. Okay, how many of you would say, I have tried to plant a garden? All right, I've tried to plant a garden. Okay, when, uh, when I say garden, I mean, you know, vegetables and, you know, tomatoes, tomatoes, potatoes, potatoes, those type of things. Um, but, but when it comes to a garden, when planting a garden, there are, some certain, there are certain things that need to be done in order to have a fruitful garden, right? We have to till the ground. You have to have good soil if that seed is going to grow. And then once we have the ground tilled, then we have to plant the seed, right? Um, after we plant the seed, maybe some fertilizer would help, and we begin to water that seed, and then we can watch it grow. Now, if if it's not successful and you don't grow anything, is it still a garden? Yes, it's still a garden, but it's not a fruitful garden. It's still a garden, but it's a garden that is not bearing food. 
No one wants a fruitless garden, right? We put time and effort into planting and watering. Nobody wants a fruitless garden because it has no benefit for you. Now, when we accept Jesus Christ as our personal savior into our hearts, we become a Christian, a child of God. And that does not change. Amen. Aren't you thankful for that? That does not change. We become a child of God. And as a Christian, our purpose now is to then glorify God. Jesus says that by bearing much fruit in verse number eight, we bring him glory. The Bible says that by their fruits, ye shall know them. And if we are not bearing spiritual fruit, then we are not fulfilling our purpose as a child of God. Are you with me? If we're not bearing spiritual fruit, then we are not fulfilling our purpose as a child of God. And so as we look at this passage of scripture, I pray that it is your desire to to uh, fulfill the purpose that you've been given, to glorify God with your life. That should be a desire of every believer. Why wouldn't we want to glorify our heavenly father? Why wouldn't we want to please him with our lives? And there are some things according to the word of God that we're going to talk about today that need to be done in order to bear spiritual fruit. And like I said, some of these things are elementary, some things that we have been taught since we trusted Christ as our personal savior, but we oftentimes need to be reminded of these things. The first thing that we see is that it takes cleansing. In order for us to have a spiritual, uh, fruitful life, it's going to take cleansing in our lives. Look at verse number two. Start, let's just start in verse number one. The Bible says, I am the true vine. This is Jesus speaking to his disciples. And my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it that it may bring forth more fruit. Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Jesus says here that it is very important that it, that it takes a, that the true vine does purging in our lives, cleansing in our lives. And I want to ask the question this morning, in your life, what is there that needs to be clean, cleaned up? In your life, what needs to be cleaned up? Is there anything in your life that is separating you from a strong relationship with God? What is it in your life that is stopping you from bearing fruit for the Lord Jesus Christ? What is it in your life? At the uh, bros mansion, if you want to see it after church, it's right behind the church building. No, where we used to, we used to live off of airport road. And we had a house in our backyard was, we had it fenced in and there was uh, any of those of you who who went to our house noticed that there were flowers everywhere, all in the back. It outlined the the back of our house where the fence was and beautiful flowers that would bloom in the springtime and and, and we would enjoy those things. And, but but, uh, soon after they would start to bloom, there were weeds that began to grow. And I, I remember having to go out there. I, don't you hate pulling weeds? Can I get an amen this morning? I, I remember going, having to go out there and having to pull those weeds because if I did not pull those weeds, what those weeds would do is soak up the nutrients that the flowers needed to bloom, to grow. And I had to weed out those flower gardens in order for them 
to bloom. And in our Christian lives, what weeds need to be pulled? What weeds in your life need to be pulled so that you can draw the spiritual nutrients that you need in order to bloom, in order to bring glory to your heavenly father? I wrote down just a few things that, that I could think of, but is it bitterness in your life? Are you holding on to bitterness? Because bitterness will choke that, that spiritual fruitfulness in your life. It's a weed in your life that, that has to be dealt with because bitterness will eventually turn into hatred. It's hard to live a successful Christian life and to bear much fruit when we're holding on to bitterness in our life. Is it pride? Is that a weed in your life that needs to be pulled in order for God to use you? Are you putting yourself ahead of God? Like we talked about last week, is God the center of your heart? Are, are, are you uh, trying to live after his heart and what he desires for your life? Is it selfishness? A lot of times we can be so selfish. I, I know I can. Selfishness, putting ourselves before God. Is it worldly pursuits in your life? Let me say that worldly pursuits is a weed that needs to be pulled. If you're going to have a successful, fruitful Christian life, worldly pursuits need to be pulled. Is it a habitual sin in your life? Something that you've struggled with for years in your life that has to be dealt with, that has to be pulled in your life because a habitual sin in your life will hinder your fruitfulness in this Christian life. Listen, to bear fruit, church, we have to clean up. Amen? To bear fruit, we have to clean up. And it's time that we start getting serious about this Christian life and getting serious about the sin that we hold on to. Because those weeds need to be pulled in our life in order to have a fruitful Christian life. You understand, we have to clean up. This is a daily battle. This is a daily issue. Understand that that God cannot use a dirty vessel. God cannot use a dirty vessel. Have you ever been over to somebody's house and you said, I, can I have a drink, I'm, I'm, a glass of water? And they say, oh yeah, go to the top right-hand cabinet and grab a glass up there. You go up there, you grab a glass and you look inside and you're like, oh, I'm not thirsty anymore. You ever been there? You don't want to use a dirty vessel. You don't want to use that in your life. And we have to come to God daily to confess our sin, emptying ourselves, emptying our vessel of fleshly desires and sin that is in our life and filling our vessel with Christ. Listen, David said this. I love it. He said, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Understand this morning, I'm not saying that any of us are perfect because we all have sin. We are all sinners, amen? We're all sinners. I remember uh, an individual in Beckley, West Virginia. I don't know if Sam and Anna remember him, but John Akerd, he said something that I'll, I'll never forget. He said, I'm a sinner and I can't get over it. That's true. It's hard. Our fleshly, our, our flesh that we live in and, and we, we battle each and every day. The Bible says if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. 
and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. Understand that if we say that we have no sin today to confess that we, then we are liars. Amen? We are liars. If you and I want to have fellowship with Christ, if you and I want to be a Christian that produces fruit for God, we have to clean up our hearts daily. I'm thankful that God is faithful to forgive us of our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Jesus Christ will not have fellowship with a defiled Christian, a person with unconfessed sin in their life. The Bible, the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Listen, how, it makes sense. How can we bear fruit when the vine, Jesus, will not hear us when iniquity is in our heart? Right? We have to live a life of confession and repentance. Do you understand that? We have to live a life of confession and repentance. And if there's people here this morning today that have a sin in their life that they need to deal with, that they need to pluck out of their heart and out of their life and repent and turn from it, then today's the day to do it, church. It's time that we get serious about cleaning up our lives. Are we going to live perfect lives? No, absolutely not. But we can live a life of confession and repentance. Because we have a faithful God who faithfully forgives and faithfully wants to use us. Let me just say this, and you know it. Jesus already knows what you have done. Jesus has already know, he already knows what you have done. Here's the thing though. He just wants to hear you say sorry. He just wants you to hear you say sorry. He wants you to turn from that. And he's able to help you. He's able to allow you to do that. Listen, church, if we are going to be fruitful branches, we have to make sure that we are right with the vine. We have to make sure that we are right with the vine. We need to make sure that our sin is taken care of. We need to be clean. In order to be a fruitful Christian, it takes a cleansing. But number two, it takes abiding. In order to be a fruitful Christian, it takes cleansing, but it takes abiding. Look at verse number four. The Bible says this, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. You see, now that we have gotten right with God, now that we have confessed our sin, the sin that was holding us back from bearing true fruit, here's the th- wonderful thing. We can now abide in him. We can abide in him. We understand we need to abide in him. What did that verse say? Without him, we can do nothing. We have to. We must abide in Christ. What is abiding in Christ? In this passage, he uses the vine and the branches as an example. You understand that there is no way that the branch will produce fruit unless it is intact with the vine? Right? Have you ever seen a branch that was broken off of the vine and it was still producing new fruit? No, it dies, right? It withers. It's not possible. 
And the same thing with us, that there is no way that we can produce new fruit in our Christian walk if we are not abiding in Christ. If we are not intact and in tune with the true vine, who is Jesus? The Bible says it is impossible for us to bear fruit without him. You see, a branch that falls off immediately, it will still have its green leaves, doesn't it, for a little while. But then eventually, it will, it will die. And oftentimes, we go a week without talking to God. Oftentimes, we go a week without getting in his word and spending time in communion with, with God, our Heavenly Father. And we think, oh, oh, we can, we can still do this. We can still live right. We can still produce fruit without doing those things. But the longer that you stay away from him and abiding in him, the, the, then understand you will eventually spiritually die. Because it does not work that way. If we are not connected to the true vine, we will not produce fruit. And we must abide in him. So how do we stay connected, church? Listen, I told you this is elementary, but oftentimes we need to be reminded, how do we stay connected? How do we abide in Christ? Be in his word. Be in his word. Man, I'll tell you, I, I don't know how people can live in this world today without this book, without the Bible, without a personal relationship with him. Be in the word of God. Listen, have a prayer life. I understand we're busy. We have busy lives, but we, 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 uh, we make time for the things that are most important to us. We do. Make time to pray. Make time to seek his face. Make time to abide with the true vine. We can also stay connected to the true vine by being in church, being here today where we can hear the word of God preached, where we can, we, we can admonish one another, we can edify one another, where we can draw closer to him together, where we can be accountable to each other. Listen, all of those things are important when it comes to abiding in Christ. Why is it always so difficult? And why is it always so hard for us to have a relationship with him? I love when, when I get to see my family. Once or twice a year, I, I get to see them. They live in Ohio, many of them, some in Oklahoma. But, but when we get together, we, we, we love spending time with each other. We go to bed late, sometimes too late. We get up early because we want to spend time with each other. We desire that. I think of Fellowship Baptist Church, there's, there's many times after church, people are sitting around, they're talking, and, 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 all, and th those that are on lockup are saying, boo, right? I mean, I want to go home. It's time for me to lock up. It's time for me to turn off the lights. But we, we love spending time fellowshipping with each other. But oftentimes, we neglect that fellowship that we have with Almighty God. We neglect that time and that fellowship of the, with the one who gave his life for us. The one that has loved us more than anyone else that we've ever met. I love what David said in the book, in, in Psalms. He said, when I consider thy heavens, when I consider the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him. David was amazed. 
David was a man after God's own heart. Why? Because he was amazed that, that God would even want to spend time with him. I love that song that, that, that uh, I've, I've heard many times before, but it, says, it goes like this. I am amazed. I'm amazed. I'm overwhelmed that he would spend the day with me. Right? That should overwhelm us that, that God, the creator of the universe, desires to spend time with you. Wants you to abide in him. Listen, we should desire to abide in him because apart from him, our efforts are unfruitful. Apart from him, our efforts are unfruitful. We have to clean up our lives. If we're going to bear spiritual fruit, we have to clean up the sin that is in our life. We have to live a life of confession and repentance. But not only that, we have to abide in him. And then the last thing we see in this passage of scripture is that in order to be a spiritual, fruitful Christian, it takes obeying. It takes obeying. Look at verse number seven. The Bible says this, be abide in me and my words abide in you. Ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. As the father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. If ye keep my commandments, ye shall abide in my love. Even as I have kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things have I spoken unto you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be full. This is my commandment that ye love one another as I have loved you. Church, if we truly want to please Jesus, as Christians who bear fruit, not only do we have to clean up our lives, abide in him, fellowship with him, but we also need to be obedient to God and his word. Obedience to abide in him, it brings, in verse number seven, it brings answered prayer. Obedience and abiding in him brings answered prayer. You see, the effective prayer, effective prayer is based on faith in Christ and on his words remaining in the believer. Effective, let me say that again. Effective prayer is based on faith in Christ and on his words remaining in believers. You see, Christ's words, is, if they're heeded, control a believer's mind so that his prayers conform to the Father's will. And when our prayers conform to the Father's will and our prayer is in accord with God's will, then the result is certain. It shall be done unto you. Fruit, that remains. In verse number 11, obedience brings joy. Jesus had great joy in pleasing his Father when he went to the cross. The Bible says that he went to the cross with joy. He, he wanted to please the Father. And the purpose of his teaching is to give man an abundant life, not a joyless existence. You see, the commands for his disciples to obey are for their joy. Oftentimes in a believer's life, when hardships come, we often sink into depression. As believers, right? Depression's real. It's something that we struggle with. It's something that we have to deal with, but oftentimes that's what we resort to. We, we, are, we become depressed, but true joy rises above circumstances. Joy comes from a consistent, obedient relationship with Jesus Christ. And when our lives are intertwined with his, when we are abiding in Christ, you know what he does? He helps us to walk through adversity without sinking. 
He helps us to, through prosperity, not to become prideful. You see, the joy of living with Jesus daily keeps us level-headed, no matter the high or the low circumstances in our life. It takes obedience. But not only does obedience bring joy, but obedience in verse number 12, it bears love. One primary command was given by Jesus to believers, that we must love one another. We must love one another. It is repeated all throughout scripture. It's found in verse number seven. Again, Christians grow by caring for and nurturing each other. And love is a result of obedience, of abiding in him. And the standard for that love is Christ's example of humble, sacrificial service. He says here in verse number 12, I have loved you. Just as he has loved us, we should love one another. When we obediently abide in Jesus, you know what happens? We will bear love. We will have joy. We will have fruit. Church, let's, let's be the kind of Christian. Let's be the kind of church that bears spiritual fruit. Amen? Amen. Let us have a plenteous spiritual garden. I don't want to go to heaven, and I know you don't, and look at Jesus face to face. And this whole time that I had here on this earth to bear fruit, I just sat back and could care less if I was a fruitful Christian or not. Listen, I I want to have things to lay at Christ's feet. The Bible talks to us about that. To have those crowns to lay at Christ's feet. As we walk through that fire, as we see him face to face. Church, so what's that going to take? It's going to take us getting the sin out of our life. you're dealing with sin in your life today, take care of it. Confession and repentance. It takes a life of confession and repentance. We have to get those things right. And also we have to abide in Christ. Have a close personal walk with our heavenly father where we give everything to him. Our worries, our fears, our sin, our desires. And let us obey the command of Jesus Christ. Church, let us bear much fruit. Why? Why? So Not so that we can fill up this building and that'll be wonderful and that'll be awesome, but so that we can glorify him. Let us bear fruit so that we can glorify our savior, the one who gave everything for us. And you know what will happen? The Bible tells us in this passage that our joy and our love will be full. Our joy and our love will be full. Are you a fruitful Christian? If not, let's start cleaning up our lives, abiding in him and obeying his word. And you'll start to see fruit in your life. And he ultimately will be glorified. 